Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink from yesterday and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tracy. I'm Tori. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you of believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time. Turn up the volume and let's go. Hey, hey, housewives. Welcome back. Hey, housewives. We are here and we are happy that you are here too. Yes, we have been doing a uh, a duo with our guests. It seems like we've been able to do part twos a lot because we know that one, we talk a lot and two, we just never get to the Boy, we just want more. We want more. Exactly. Well, it's been so great with like being able to break them up Mm -hmm. and have like different topics, Mm -hmm. right? I hate cliffhangers, okay, which is awful. And especially with all the true crime. I was just going to say, really? You do hate them? I hate them. what you do? That is, no. One, I don't listen to things that aren't solved. I have to the same way. I have to know. Closure. I need the closure. And two, I don't like ones that are like a serial like things. Like I don't want to have to wait until next week for the next episode. Yeah. So... All that to say, I'm doing that for you guys with our <laughs> guests. We're making sure that happens, that you get all the topic you want, and then bow, and then we'll another move one, on, and then another topic with the same yeah. guest. So that has been fun. So speaking of same guests, and you've already heard her voice here, we have Farrah Marvel again. Glad to talk on the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> and this one is different. Because we are going to be talking about midlife motherhood. So I got pregnant when I was 27, 28, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Yep. Don't really. It's the same. Yeah. But when I met Farah, we were talking about all the things and we got on to motherhood. I think mm-hmm. motherhood was one of the last things we talked yeah. about as we're walking out of the coffee shop. Yeah. But to find out you had your first baby, Nina, mm-hmm. at age 40. Yep. And then you had twins at 42. Yep. And we were talking about, like, how different that is. Yeah. And that we don't talk about that a whole lot. Yeah. And especially as mothers, like, that there's not a whole lot of that conversation because right. it is that much harder. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be clear. They, what did OBs call... um when you're pregnant past the age of 35. High risk. Yeah. yeah. High, risk. I was high risk on my last one. And like, 34. Isn't it like geriatric <laughs> yeah. pregnancy? No, it like, literally, he, it said it on my on my thing, my chart. Yes. Geriatric. And Stop you're like. It. No, yes. it I didn't know they used that word. Yes. <laughs> you didn't know. I knew that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's one of the things I was like, oh, my God. Th- that word? Really? Yeah. So it was, yeah, I'm gonna have to look up the definition of geriatric because it can't be an age. Right. It's not age. It's it's like like some sort of like, like it's a, I think it's a biological marker, something like where where they consider geriatric, like, like you're starting to die. 
or something. Like yeah, like here you've hit the top of the hill. Now yeah, you're going down. You're not, like, your cells are not regenerating. 40. They're degenerating. Yeah, you know, sort exactly. of deal. Well, on the reproductive side, yes, but not yeah. on the yeah. general side of things. So, yeah. So, but we started to talk about that and how many resources there are not available yeah. to older moms and how, you know, when you're going in to a Bible study you know, for, yeah, for mother's motherhood. mother day out and you're along all these 20, you know, 20 yeah. somethings. Yeah. And you're like, all right, we are not in the same stage of life here. This yeah. is a little bit different. So it is. It's different, especially to like joining um, trying to like to do those play date type things and being the one who shows up with, you know, the little the toddlers and, and you know, talk about more life experience than most of them mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like or it's the opposite or it's like, and it feels weird sometimes i feel like a know-it-all you know oh because that's interesting yeah i've had so much life experience that they haven't yeah yeah and, like done so many things in my life that they haven't even that they're like oh well i'm gonna do that when my kids are older and i'm like, <laughs> well, like I've yeah already done i've already I've lived that. on three continents and <laughs> you know like yeah so it's weird so you've kind of almost like you walk away going did i just sound like really like kind of uppity and know-it-all-ish you know yeah. sort of a deal well and i bet it's interesting too like friends that are more like in your stage of life right are mm-hmm. older but their kids are older yes. so it's like hey let's do a play nope. oh your kids in high school yeah high they, school <laughs> they want to babysit yeah. they don't actually want to play date like that for real and or like they're like hey you want to go out oh wait you yeah have you've got toddlers that means babysitter like you mm-hmm. don't have the freedom to just up and go out on a Friday night to dinner with your friends or whatever. And you're just like, and or the other thing that I run into a lot is, is like, everybody wants you to come over to their house. And I'm like, yeah, but you got too many nice knickknacks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you have, you, you have not Marvel proofed your house. <laughs> yeah. So how about you come here? Yeah. You know? And so we're like, you're like, you're in the white couch phase. Yes. We yes. are in the, mm-hmm. we're still using the one from the basement. Yes. Like that's our phase. Yeah. Exactly. That we can't destroy. Exactly. Well, tell us because just to go backwards, you know, a little bit, obviously yeah. you got married. How old were you when you got married? And that's another thing. I got old. I got married late in life. Yeah. I was 36 when we got married. And, you know, some of that was by choice. Some of that was just because the availability of believing men like mm-hmm. when i was you know and when i was in my 20s statistically it was there was one christian man for 10 christian women and wow. yeah like there was a lot less men who were truly like seeking god and believers like and mm-hmm. when i say christian men i'm talking about like ones who are actively pursuing god right yeah you know and have that sort of mentality of building a life and a family solely around God, you know? Yeah. And so there was a lot less of, there were not a lot of fish in the sea. And Mm -hmm. also, you know, my career choice was already in humanitarian aid work. And so that's a little daunting (laughs) to somebody. And it does, it's not a very conducive life when you're going back and forth Mm -hmm. to another continent, you know? Yeah. I honestly thought I was going to end up living in the Middle East and probably end up marrying like an Arab Christian or something like that. I, by that point, but God had way different plans. <laughs> well, and for those that are just joining in, we already said, obviously, Farah was on here before. Yeah. Um, but go back and listen to her episode and just how incredible she has come to know the Lord and her family. And that'll kind of make a little bit more yeah. sense. To yeah. You when yeah. You continue definitely. to hear her story. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I, you know, I'd spent 
I basically I met my husband on Match.com. Hey, so, you know what? There's there it is. There it yeah. is. There's a lot of that. <laughs> there it is. But Match.com sounds a heck of a lot better than I met my husband on Tinder. Okay, like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not not if you met your husband on Tinder. There's it's okay. Nothing, it's no okay. judgment. There's no, no judgment. judgment. You know, like I met my husband on the internet. Used to be like. Oh, Oh, really? Wow. Oh, yeah. And that was how it was when I didn't, when I met Joe. Like, people were like, really? Right, exactly. Especially Christians. It was a big stigma if you were doing online dating. Well, and see, and now it's, you know, like the it's the the app and, you know. Or even there's even, Facebook even has a dating. Mm -hmm. Does it really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah. So when I met Joe... See, and that was a whole coordination because I spent most of my life being morbidly obese. I was like by in 2012, when I had my weight loss surgery, I was 330 pounds. Okay, so I know that I just met you before the first episode. (laughs) The stuff that we are learning about you (laughs) is so incredible. That's another episode, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole other mm -hmm. mental journey with the Lord, let me tell you. Stay tuned for part three with Farrah Marvel. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Cool. But yeah, see, that's why I walk in a room with young people and I'm always like, yeah, I've been through a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I had that surgery and and before that, like I had dated and there were other guys, but it was just never, you know, never worked out, whatever. But I had always, when I was 16, I had dedicated to the Lord that I was going to live a life of purity until I met my husband. And which is also a hard thing to do. I, okay. So yeah. did you in fact do? Wow. Yeah. It was hard. Definitely I, hard. And that's how I lost to the other guys. That sure. Yeah. Because I put my foot down. And that you made a boundary. That's yeah, amazing. That boundary. Like, yeah. So um, it was definitely it was difficult. And then I had the surgery, and even then I was kind of like, okay, so now I feel a little bit more confident about putting myself out there. So that's when I did, you know, join Match dot com because. But even at that time, I was still in ministry and doing, you know, humanitarian aid. And when you put all this stuff on your profile, you don't get a lot of bites because I was also very upfront about my faith on it too. I was like, you know, you don't love Jesus, don't apply. Yeah. yeah. So there were a lot of crickets for a while. And at that point, I kind of went, you know what, Lord, I'm done. You bring them, then I'll know it's you. And yeah. We're good. And literally like the week that my 30-day trial, because I wasn't going to pay for the service, you know, you got the 30 days free mm-hmm. sort of yep, deal. that's how they get you. Joe pops into my inbox and I literally texted, I emailed him back and said, I am not rejoining. I'm not paying for this. So here's my phone number. If you're interested, text me. And didn't hear anything from him. Oh, for months. <laughs> yeah. He, the two questions he asked me in the email were, do you know a good church? Because he was here in Kansas City. Okay. Do you know a good church? And tell me more about your organization, which was the Middle East organization at the time. Yeah. And so I emailed him org, And I said, Grace Church of Overland Park. My brother's church, you know, he was a military guy, but he was also in the railroad at the time. So he was kind yeah. of, he was doing reserve, but he had been active duty for years. Like, and so, and I just left it at that. That was the end of the conversation because he didn't ask one question about me. Nothing. Just, do you know a good church? That was his background check. He was like, yeah, all right, let's make sure right? this is Jesus. not the Church of Satan. And <laughs> and what organization, as long as it's not, what is United Way or something right. that takes yeah. 99% of their right. their funding and exactly. pays CEOs lots of money. 
Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Check your 990s, people. But anyway, but so like somewhere in there, he ended up going to Grace for a Sunday service. And that actually happened to be the missions week. And so our one of our board members was representing Seeds of Hope in the lobby of Grace. Oh, my god! And gosh. so he walks up and he becomes a monthly donor. He signs up to be a monthly donor. And so my uncle, who's on our board, <laughs> calls me and he's like, so this guy named Joe says he knows you. And he's become a monthly donor. I think next time you're in town, which I think my uncle was trying to be a matchmaker. Next time you're in town, you should have lunch with him and thank him. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. So then literally two weeks later, I get this random text. Did you, but okay, but when your uncle said, hey, this Joe guy says- I didn't know his name. You didn't know who this guy was. No, I had a screen name. He never even oh, told me his real name. Oh, I just knew him as a match.com does usernames. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Th- oh, see, I didn't know his real name. Okay. Cause do you guys remember like, okay, AOL days of and course, I, in, instant yes. messenger where you're like, hot bop, bop, shell, 86. I just like, had this conversation with one of my best friends from college <laughs> and I was like, I still remember his. I'm like, do you remember mine? And he's like, I don't. And I, I mean, I still remember all my friends. I don't remember mine. Oh but my gosh! I mean, that's, that's all we use with MSN to message. Yeah, yeah. We would come MSN in messenger. after class and be like, "Who says hi?" That's how I would talk to my mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it was cheaper than calling long distance. It just is so crazy. I, yep. wanna, I need to yep. figure out. And what so my I didn't know his was. name. And so he's telling me this Joe guy, and I'm like, I don't know who that is, but okay, okay, you know, sort of a deal. All right. So random text <laughs> message shows up on your phone. Yeah, I'm in the middle of doing hair and makeup for a wedding, and I get a text that just says, "Hey." And I was like, what? And so I texted back. I was like, who is this? And, and comes back, Joe Marvel. I was like, I don't Who's know that? who that I is. don't know who a Joe Marvel is. I said, is. I'm in the middle of something. I can't talk right now. Blah, blah, blah. You know, call me back and, you know, whatever. And so something had happened where I needed to go home and lay down. And so he calls me. And finally, he's like, yeah, Joe from Match.com. And I was like, oh, you're that guy. You know, and he's like, yeah, so when are you going to be in town next? And yada, yada, yada. Because at that point, I was in, I was living in a ministry in Northeast Missouri, so I wasn't local. But I was only searching for people in the Kansas City area because I knew I didn't want to stay out in the boonies. And so, you know, I go into town. We meet up for coffee. Super sweet guy. Does not try to impress me whatsoever. <laughs> Shows up to our car. Actually, we ended up having lunch. He comes straight from the gym to have lunch. Didn't shower. Didn't do any of that. He's in a Chiefs t-shirt, some cargo shorts. <laughs> this guy has a neck the size of like, because he's a bodybuilder and like oh all God, of these things. Funny. And, but I know he's a Marine. So I'm like, I'm going to be spending the afternoon with a jarhead. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And then... He sits down and starts rapid firing all of these deep questions about God, about politics in the Middle East and all of these things. And I was just like, what? <laughs> Who are you? You know, sort of a deal. And But there's no guile about this man. None. He is just who he is. And with this super sweet spirit, just whatever. And so we just developed a friendship over a few months. And ironically, there was another guy who was a military guy who I had already been talking to, and it was looking like it was going to be serious, but he flakes out, like at some point, something I can't even remember now, he flaked out. But Joe, I ended up needing to go to the Middle East for like three months 
And I told him, hey, I'm leaving the country for three months, you know, whatever. And the entire time I'm gone, he's like emailing, how are things going? Blah, 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 blah. Like he's all up in this. And so I was like, okay, what is this all about? But still guy over here is kind of whatever. And it just wasn't wasn't good. And this was like maybe six months after my surgery. Okay. And you know what's this is this is the coolness of God. All of my life, one of my struggles was like, Lord, I just want you to bring somebody who's gonna love me for me and see past my weight. Because I had tried everything on the face of the earth to lose that weight. Yeah. And I was killing myself doing it. And I was so depressed when I got the opportunity to have the weight loss surgery. It was like a huge, like the Lord just opening up this this ability. But it always been a prayer on my heart. Like, Lord, just let somebody love me the way that I am. Ironically, I meet Joe three months after the surgery. So I'm still like 250 pounds. Yeah. And this man walked all the way through my journey of weight loss with me. And it's not an easy journey with with full bypass surgery. It's it's mm. it's a lot of time sitting in a restaurant waiting to see if your meal is not going to work. And this man sat in restaurants with me while I was uncomfortable, if I had eaten something that wasn't settling right. I mean, and no complaints, none. Just sits there and, yeah, sure, let's stay. You know, like, he walked through the whole thing with me with such patience and such grace. And it was just like, it had to have been him. It had yeah. to have been him. No other guy would be that way. They'd be like, right. really? We got to sit in Ruby Tuesdays for another hour and a half <laughs> to decide whether your stomach, you're going to need the restroom or not. Mm-hmm. You know, like whatever. And he just never won complaint. Never. Mm. You know, if we're out somewhere and I drink something and I'm like, I got to go, I got to find something. And he's like, yep, where, where, where do we go? What are we doing? You know, taking care of me. And I was just like, isn't that the coolness of God? Absolutely. That he brings yeah. somebody where I'm still at 250 pounds, not at the 126 that I ended up getting to. And we were scared that I couldn't stop losing weight. Mm -hmm. And so we walked through all of that. But so that was the first miracle of our lives as finding each other. Um, And he was a new believer, too, so that I had sort of like misgivings because I was like, can you be the, you know, it, mm-hmm. all right. Cause you're a baby Christian. Yeah. You're like, a baby are, Christian. Like, are you really committed yeah. to God? Like I'm yeah. committed to God. Yeah. Cause you're like, you're just figuring this out. Right. But yeah. And so I was, I was kind of on the fence, but you know, I was 35 when we met and I was just like, look, he's five years younger than me. And he was, you know, obviously on the dating sites too. And I said, look, I'm not looking for a buddy. I'm looking for a husband. Yeah. Then when we were finally having this uh, this conversation about exclusivity and where we were going with this, I was, I'm looking for a husband. I'm not looking for a buddy. I have plenty of guy friends. Yeah. Don't need that. So, and I knew at the time he was he was also kind of figuring things out in his dating world. And there was another girl because he would talk to me about her. And she was another believer. And so I was just like, so if you want this, then let's just do this. If you want to still figure things out, then fine. We can be friends, but I'm not coming to town to see you. Right. Yeah. This is not happening. And so he goes, no, I want this. Let's do this. And so, and that was like three months after we had first met. And so I was just like, okay. All right. So then we walked through and I was having misgivings because he was so new in the Lord, Mm -hmm. but we were sitting in church together at Grace and one of the pastors was teaching the uh, the part of the whole teaching about when Jesus is addressing divorce. And that's always such a hard 
area of the Beatitudes to walk through, right? Yeah. And so, and he made this one statement where he said, what if marriage is about making you holy, not happy? Mm, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, because I was about to dump him. I was about to walk away because I was just like, you're not ready for this. You're not yeah. anywhere near. And, but in that moment, like it was like the past eight months started flipping through my head. And I realized in the last eight months, I had grown so much closer to the Lord because of his desire because of his fire mm -hmm. and his love for the Lord and to know more of the Lord and to be holy and do all of those. It's like he reignite. Because by yeah. that point, I was 20 years in to yeah, my faith. exactly. And I was complacent. Yeah. Even inside ministry, you know, yeah. every day of my life, I was complacent. Yeah. And like, I went, okay, I'll stay put, Lord. <laughs> yeah. So, because, and that was the answer. Mm -hmm. So we ended up, we got married in, it was actually just, April 25th was our anniversary, our ninth year anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And we thought because we're older, we would just go straight into parenthood because we're older, our finances are fine, we're figuring life, you know, whatever. Yeah. And we didn't know how long it was going to take us to get pregnant because, you know, and apparently it was going to take us a long time because it took five more years. And we walked through infertility. Most of it, I think, for me was just because of the weight loss surgery. All of my nutrients were out of balance and out of whack and being yeah. So when we figured that out, we finally had a positive. I, I lost two before Nina. And it was almost like my body was just finally going, oh, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of a deal at 39 years old. Yeah. You know, and so... We figured it all out, finally got, you know, Nina to stay put because and and that was great. I was 39. I, I had my 40th birthday at my six months pregnant. And so and she was born January 2018. OK. And but, you know, I was 36 and here we are at 40. And yeah. we had been trying and trying and trying. And it was just like. And even in all of that, I'm also getting further and further along in my in my weight loss surgery and getting more and more deficient and more and more, you know, like having brain fog and all of these other issues and all of those things. But the thing is, is that as you get older, you don't you don't think about the physical strain of what older parenthood is mm -hmm. going to be. Sure. Right. You know, you don't think about that. You Nobody talks to you about that when you hit 35 and you're waiting. And I've been super advocate when I hear women going. Yeah, we're just waiting for the right moment or the right thing. And I'm like, it's never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not. It's just not. And you mm -hmm. don't know what your body's going to do. So if you're in your optimal health right now, now's the time to do it. You right. Know? And so because they don't tell you, you know, you hit 40 and it's like. It's like. You're yeah, she doesn't know yet. She's young. tired all the time uh -huh. you know and that's even without weight loss what are you talking about oh my god my 30s are so great <laughs> i feel so good <laughs> so, no no wine still hits me just as hard if not yeah, hard. Yes, <laughs> right and it's just like man all of the things and you know I, you start going like especially with nina when she was like up in the middle of the night and stuff like that i'm sitting there going i used to go to sleep at like one in the morning and be up at six mm -hmm. and bounce right out of bed at six o'clock. And here yeah, I am. So, no, that's never been me. No, 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 you not know, even in I, my well, 20s was partied, our one eight. Okay. You know, yeah. No, I'm like, mm, 10, 10, 10. We have to stay up past 10. Mm -hmm. Why? I, well, I, I, my parents, when I hit 16, they quit supporting me financially. So it was like, I got, I had a job at 16. Oh, I had a car for, at 16 yeah. and I had to do all of the things. So it was like, if I wanted to party, 
I went, I, I partied after my job. Like this was my 19 year old phase. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I would leave. I worked at Richmond Gordman's <laughs> and I would leave and go come out here to Kansas and hang with my friends and party until two in the morning, go home, drag myself and then get up out of bed and go back to Gordman's at 6 a.m. Good for you. <laughs> I don't know how. No, I see, I, I don't know. I Well, and I was always, I find when I was 18, my big job was the waitressing. And so, and working at a bar. Yeah. And that waitressing got me out at midnight. And then I would hang out my, with my friends until two, because we would go to the right. bar that would still open. And then I switched from the restaurant to work at the bar that we were all going to. And then that's when you work from five to yeah, three so you sleep in. yeah yeah so yeah. there's that and then so. you pay your husband's tab right because well, my husband walked his tab that's how we met he yeah. walked his tab uh-huh. that's, <laughs> that's i was his waitress so and i've never brought him a beer since yeah, yeah that's his own fault no yeah but it's no, just it's different it's it, totally different but you don't think about those things no. you know like it's the obese don't sit there and go okay now you're 40 remember you got to do this all night long you're going to be up every two hours. Yeah. And then you still have to work your full-time job. You know, yeah. it's sort of a deal. Well, like, and then the fun surprise of finding Nina's five months old and finding out you're pregnant with twins. Twins, yeah. And that was, <laughs> and they were a total natural conception because like we were just, we didn't, we wanted one more. Mm-hmm. And we had talked to my OB and he was like, well, since we don't know what your body's going to do, we don't know the the effects of carrying Nina, how much that's depleted you. And how long it's going to take to get another one. So he's like, here, go for it. Natural family plan. He's like, let's just call it natural family plan. Don't prevent, but don't try. Watch your cycle. All the things. Well, because were you nursing, Nina? I couldn't because of my nutrition. Okay. So how how quickly did you get your cycle back? I didn't even have a full period when I got pregnant with the boys. That'll tell you something. Immaculate conception, I'm wondering. (laughs) Yeah. Because it feels like, you know, at one point in time, when we were going through the thick of infertility, a friend of mine prayed over us. She was like, I just, I feel led by the Lord to just lay hands on you and pray over you. And while she was praying, I remember clearly, she said, she, she said, honestly, after we finished praying, she said, I feel in my heart that the Lord will redeem the time. And I was just like, two for one. And there it is. (laughs) And I was just, I mean, we were shocked, rocked. Yeah, Yeah, that. (laughs) We were rocks to our core, like, because we're both going, I mean, mind you, we had a four-bedroom house. Like, it wasn't wasn't a hard thing to, like, incorporate that. But yet, at the same time, he's a railroader. He's gone, you know, like, he's gone for 36 hours at a time, you know. One, fine. Three, under the age of two. Because Nina was uh, 12 months and two weeks when the boys were born. Wow. And so, and they were a month early. So they were in the yeah. NICU for two weeks. Or well, Jackson was there for 12 days and Zane was there for 10. And it really was just because they didn't want to wake up to eat. But they were perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, they were 6'2 and 5'9 was their weight. So they were great, you mm-hmm. know. And that was a huge blessing because that was another thing on our radar is like, Mm, we could be seeing a 22-weeker, you know, yeah. we don't know. Yeah. And even that was, their NICU stay was $59,000 each. Oh, my yeah. word. And so, thank God for the railroad uh, insurance. They have the best insurance in the world, but it's still like, okay, that's mm-hmm. a 
hefty little ten thousand dollars in copay each that we weren't planning on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah, because it's two for one. Yeah. So and they nickel and dime you in the in the NICU. You know, I feel like you need to bring your own. Like if I could tell a new mom, new moms, listen up. Look, bring your own aspirin. Jeez. All right, bring your own Tylenol because that's going to cost you 50 First bucks. aid kit. Yeah. Your own just, Band-Aids, your own everything. Yeah, like just don't even ask for the pad afterwards. Like, I've got it. Don't touch me. Like, here's my own ice pack. This it's is serious. I, I, that's $150. I know all those I, plastic bottles that y'all still have in your closets or your linen closets because you can't get rid of. Oh, yeah. You know, uh-huh. the squirt bottles for afterwards. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. The little. We all still have them. Yes. yes. It's but almost like a badge like, of honor. It is, too. I have yeah. all four of them. Oh, do you? I sure do. <laughs> Good. Good. Because that. Why do I? The, I don't or the, know. Or the mugs. The, <laughs> oh, the, yes. the, the mugs. hospital yeah. mugs. The hospital mugs. Yes, I have both of those. Yep. Medical yeah. Center of Plano. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, you don't, yeah, like my OB didn't sit there and go, okay, you're older and here's what it's going to be like because it's not going to be like you're going to be able to, you know, have the energy that you would have had at 20. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> or and- anywhere between 20 and let's say 30. But because even 30 is different. But. 40 it's like they're not joking like it changes everything after 35 Mm -hmm. it's like your whole body knows like we're shutting down right (laughs) you know but this is not here yeah yeah and you know it exponentially after the age of 40 conception like basically it your your probability of having multiples like goes up from 20 percent almost to like i want to say like 50 to 60 percent after the age of 40, because your body is shutting down. So every time you ovulate, you're firing off more than one egg. Because they're getting out. Yep. Or, <laughs> oh, jeez. And so that was if one this thing. Isn't, if this isn't the, the if that's the not the moti- motivation that Andrew needs to get a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe. Right? But like, good to Probability know. Probability going Probab- up. Yeah. My age going up. Right. Yeah. Well, and he's nine years older than I am. So like, there's things like that, like, because that's a conversation we've actually had. Yeah. I mean, and we joke about it. He's like, look, I don't want to be confused as their grandfather when they're walking across the right. graduation stage. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, all right. That's pretty good yeah there's a good nine-year difference here i know there was a there was a like one of those tiktok things or what it it was reels where there were a bunch of younger moms that had their kids really young and they were it wasn't like bragging but it was kind of like hey this is going to be fun because i'm going to be an empty nester at 40 Mm -hmm. you know so they're like showing themselves with you know in five years they'll graduate and i'm this old yeah so i I made the same thing and i did one too and said in five when they graduate i'll be 60 (laughs) i'll be five years from retirement (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah it's it's like one of those things i started to do the math in my head after nina and went oh my gosh and again the boys were a total miracle especially zane because he was kind of a tag along before he we found out we we're pregnant and because I was high risk in geriatric, mm-hmm. as soon as I had a positive pregnancy test, they'd said, you know, to come in to do a ultrasound just to make sure everything, all the things that should be there at five weeks are there. Right. Yeah. And like yolk sac, all the things. And so, because normally they don't do this. So it was like at five weeks when I had my ultrasound with the boys. And so normally you're not doing that until eight weeks, 12 weeks, somewhere around. In yeah. There. Well, and so my OB is like, here's the thing. Most women actually don't know that twins, they call them vanishing twins, that are actually very common in women. It's that they 
are pregnant with twins, but one of them dies off before they know it because they don't go the, and have a the ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I'm at five weeks and we see this big, you know, beautiful, normal sack. And then there's this teeny tiny little pee behind, below it that's a flickering, little flickering heartbeat in it. So it didn't have, like, Zayden didn't even have a whole sack. We couldn't see a fetal pole. We couldn't see anything. All we could see was a heartbeat and a really strong one. And so he basically is looking at, he said, you're looking at a vanishing twin situation. So you may come back in two weeks and this little flicker is gone. Yeah. He said, but that's a really strong heartbeat. And so we were, so we're walking out of there going, are we going to have Are we happy? Are we sad? Are we scared? You know, like we're having all of these emotions of, are we ready for this? Do we want this? What do you want? God, you know, like yeah. all of these mm-hmm. things are running around in our heads. And so we go off to vacation and, you know, with my whole family, I felt like a Mack truck hit me the entire time. I slept through our entire vacation because my nieces were there and they basically just, just took, took care Nina. of Nina. There you go. Yeah. They took Nina. Joe is with Nina. They did the things and I was asleep. Because we had a house. We were, a friend of ours has a house in Marco Island, Florida. And so we were in that house and I slept the entire time because I just was, they were sucking the life out of me. And so we got back and had our next ultrasound. And Zane's sack was now the exact same size as Jackson's. And there's a fetal pole. There's a yolk sack. It's like. There you go. Yeah. He caught up. You were in sleeping, two weeks. and he was building, growing, growing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's when my doctor was like, "Well, we got a twin situation." Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, never in a million years did I ever think that would be a possibility. Yeah, and so, and the crazy part is, is that yeah, it, multiples after forty is very common. And but it's not a lot. It's common among forty-year-olds, but not right. in, yeah. in How the many, grand scheme of birth. Right, exactly. Not You're not getting a yeah. ton of forty-year-olds anymore. Well, it's also, actually getting higher. I was going to say yeah. it's getting high, higher because women are focusing waiting. on their careers. Mm-hmm. They're waiting. They're, There's a lot more fertility issues. Yeah, yes. more fertility issues, yes. and yep. that's going through. And so, yeah, having kids when you're older are because I know like. My mom had me when she was 34. Okay. Yeah. 34, 36. And then, and Andrew's parents, he was the baby. And so he was, his mom had two from a previous marriage. And then he was, so he was older. They were were older. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. were mid thirties when Andrew came along. And so my mom always jokes that in kindergarten, I wrote the Mother's Day card I said, happy Mother's Day. You're 40. <laughs> that was her kindergarten. And oh and gosh. all these little like 20 somethings are like, yeah. Oh, wow. Your mom's old. Your mom's old. Yeah. You know, and you would think it's not such a stigma now, but it still is. Sure. And yeah. but I, I was looking up because I was thinking, what's the national average now? And actually, the worldwide average of firstborns, women's age and firstborns is 30 now. It was 28, like four years ago and now the average age is 30 for worldwide but definitely in the united states it's it that is the actual average it is now 30 so expensive i mean they were they've always been expensive but they're just getting more oh my goodness yeah Yeah. and yeah and that there's always that joke when when we first found out we're pregnant with nina and 
you know, most people don't even guess that I was 40 at the time, but it was just like, so when I would say it, they're like, oh, well, you know, when you're young, you have the energy for them. When you're old, you have the money. And it's just like, ah, yeah. kind of true. Kind of true. Yeah. And there's, but there's a pay, like now being in the thick of it, like now it's, you don't even have the money for it anymore because it's so ridiculously expensive, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like dying to get my boys to potty train just so that we can not have to buy pull-ups anymore yeah. you know just because oh, yeah. it's 200 bucks every two weeks mm, with twins right yeah you know that's like I, a pay raise when they get out of yeah. that yeah. i mean at one point in time with nina and the boys we were doing 16 diapers a day that was our life was 16 diapers a day so when she finally <laughs> finally potty drained it was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know oh my yeah and that's so crazy. the boys are refusing and it's fun yeah but <laughs> Yeah, it is crazy, but you don't, these are just things that people, the energy, the stigma is behind it. Yes, going Mm -hmm. to the play, the play dates and everybody in the room is at least five years younger than you. Yeah. And, and it, it's like one of the things that I went to first when we found out we were pregnant with the twins, I joined Kansas City's, it's called uh, Multiples of Kansas City. And it's like an organization that helps people just, you know, who are having multiples and adjusting to it. And so yeah. it's kind of like its own club. You know, if you need twin clothing, you've got a, a group of people right. that you know that will well, probably have, yeah, hand-me-downs and stuff like that. And so, but that was, I showed up to one of their meetings and yeah, I was the oldest person in the room. And I was just like, and I was still pregnant with the boys at the time. Yeah. And so I was the oldest person in the room and I was going, yeah, and they're and you know, granted, their membership that wasn't everybody wasn't there, so a lot yeah. of them are like, yeah, we do have some older moms that are a part of this and everything like that. But I do also feel like sometimes older moms hide because of the stigma, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet, and just don't go to things like that because it's just like, yeah, you I have to be like, that. yeah, and especially for first timers, I can only imagine because you feel so out of place mm-hmm. when you're not I mean and it's there should be this commonality of like hey we're both first-time moms like there's not an age limit on that right, right. No. like yeah and there's going to be some things obviously like we we've talked about there are differences but like they're still like you know like oh crap what are we doing you know they, yeah they give me the baby and they you know, I, I'm two days in the hospital and they say here go take care of it and you're like well, well <laughs> yeah how, where's the book I do think there's a different approach to because like I've been around some other, you know, new young mothers. And it's just, it's interesting, the, men, the but also the mentality is different too because the things that make them freak out don't phase me. Yeah. You know, but then it, there could be things that they handle with grace and I'm like, what? You know, like, mm-hmm. but really there's just things that, you know, I think as an older parent, the the pros in that are you've had life experience under your belt and so, you know, like things could be worse. Sure. Yeah. And so, and I think you tend to not be that helicopter parent because you're just like, you'll learn. You yeah. Know? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so or you're not you like. Just, right. You're not waiting for them to like to catch them necessarily because you right. you got it. Like, yeah. I mean, there's that just a little bit more confidence in life. Yes. Right. Yes. I think also as believers, like there's just that yeah. little bit more confidence. Like, Definitely. Or like, okay. Trusting look, in the Lord. Yeah. Look, God, I've made it this far. Well, you know, I think right. it's 28 being a new mom. I remember just like the the load of responsibility and just going, oh, my gosh, I'm responsible for this child and for this life and 
all the things. But at 40, I would imagine that you've had so much responsibility right. that you've owned and the lived confidence. through. The confidence comes from there where yeah. you're like, oh, my gosh, I've done all this. This is icing on the cake. Right. You know, versus at 28, you're like, OK, this is great. But now, like, what am I going to do for a job? How am I going to keep working? How am I going to keep living? And right. They, you know, like. I feel like that's probably been the greatest challenge of, I mean, I had four kids in six years, you know, and in all of that, it was like, okay, I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to be a mom. I have four kids. And then all of a sudden it's like, do I still have all these other responsibilities? How do I manage all that? You know? And I also think too, that there's that benefit of like, you know who you are. Yeah. You had that identity. It's a double-edged sword. I was going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Because when I became a mom, like I was like, "Who, who the hell am I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Am I just their mom? Like, where's my... I'm still trying to figure that out. (laughs) That's fine. That's what we all are. I mean... But I think that is the journey. And like, in, but on the flip side of that, the double-edged sword is, is like being a 40-year-old mom and having, have lived my life and kind of like developed a career and who I am as a person and all of those things. And then you go into motherhood and everything is about that child and there's none of you in there. Mm-hmm. It yeah. you stop and go. Where did I go? I literally remember the morning, like I the boys had. They were probably about. It was our first outing to church, and I was in the bathroom and just had a complete breakdown in the bathroom at Grace, because I literally looked in the mirror. It was the first time I had makeup on in like, I don't know, over a year. I had finally felt energy enough to put it on. Yeah, and I looked in the mirror and went where did you go? You know, because my every day was putting on makeup mm-hmm. yeah. and being dressed to the nines as a businesswoman and doing all of those things. And those things made me feel powerful and confident and all of that. And the last year and a half of my life had been yoga pants and sweats and never doing my hair. It's all on my head. I looked literally like I had stuck my finger in a light socket most days. And I didn't know that woman. That was not me. Right. And so when I saw that in the mirror, I just was like, oh, my gosh, where did you go? I miss you. And it's been kind of a struggle since to really go. I know that that she exists, but she doesn't exist like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I have to find that woman. But what does she look like and exist like that inside these three toddlers? Yeah. And it's been such a journey and I'm still there. You know, because it's there. I mean, they're only four. And we're now just finally, I think I'm getting maybe three nights a week where they're not coming into our bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I joke with people like from the third trimester of Nina to now, I have not slept through an entire night because mm-hmm. I have had three kids in my life, either waking up or in our bed or doing something. So I haven't slept in so many years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I kind of I, I want to give you hope and say that it gets better, but it only does for certain periods of time. And then they turn like seven, eight, nine, and then they have all these other issues where they're afraid of the dark or the storms or the whatever. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I am just like gets reliving different. that right now. Yeah, it doesn't get easier. Different. It gets different. Yes. And when I remember my my firstborn didn't sleep through the night for 14 months till he was 14 months old. And I remember being like, I don't, I'm not going to have another kid. Well, I think I slept through the night for six weeks once he started sleeping. Then I was like, ready for baby two. Like, let's do this. You know, you kind of forget. Well, and I think that's (laughs) another thing, too, about being a young parent. I wonder if God built that in. 
to like you forget like it's almost like being young you have the energy so you're just kind of like okay we've made it through the hard parts now let's go for number two Mm -hmm. you know and literally when you said we were pregnant with the twins I cried for almost six months because I was so tired with her oh I was so uh and I was just like how am I going to do this see so my my story is kind of similar in the fact of like I'm an only child that's the only experience I have like Mm -hmm. I never babysat first I ever changed was Emily's kind of proud of that but when Andrew and I decided we wanted kids we waited five years in our marriage because Mm -hmm. I was like I know I want I I want time to be us Mm -hmm. which other story of what that five years was but then when it came I he has a best friend and their kids are 15 months apart mm-hmm. and they are thick as thieves and they had the same high school group they were friends I mean boy and girl so different and but they they would they would room together and yeah. stuff like because they were their yeah. best buddies all those, yeah and I was like I want that because I saw how he's six years younger than his brother Andrew is and four years younger than his sister and like there wasn't a whole lot so I'm like look if we're gonna have siblings like let's make sure that they like like each other yeah like we're not that far apart and so I was six Emsley was seven months when I found out I was pregnant with Juliet and that was not planned because when we started to talk about it, I was like, oh, my God, I have a six month old. Like how we're not doing this like this. I cannot imagine having this and having another one with right. this. And that's um, where God just played a dirty little trick on me, I think. And just <laughs> no, no, you're I'll already make pregnant. this decision for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're already pregnant and you're worried about this. Uh-huh. I got you. And so I laugh. But like there's that feeling of like, oh, my mm. God, how am I going to do, you know, and but you do when you're in that you're like. You go into, you switch into mom mode. You switch into mom mode, but you do, you live, you've, you're like, no, I remember. I remember how it was six months ago, like when bringing her home and you like, but then it's like this, this survival mode. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I feel like the first five years of their life was survival mode for both of them. Yeah. You know, and because I've always been so independent, like when you were talking about looking yourself in the mirror and not recognizing, you're like, no, I want her back. Yeah. Like, I remember that feeling. Yeah. And going, I don't know who... Who what I does am. that look like? Right. Yeah. Like, or why I almost mourned the life. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. there's that mourning period yep. of this life that you had without mm-hmm. children and what that's going to look like. And, you know, it's incredible the way that God just he says, it's okay. Yeah. Like, but and redeem the time that is lost. And I think that goes with both children. And I think that goes both with like your life and your, all the, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's incredible. And I, I would like to know that it's all going to be. The payoff is is obviously those moments where you sit back and you look at them and you're just like, I can't even believe you entrusted these children to my care. Like, they're yeah. beautiful. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. You know, in one second, you're just yelling at them with your, you know, your head off and because they're being crazy. And then the next second, you're like, why? You're so beautiful. That's, that's <laughs> where did my, you come I, from? I love watching my kids sleep. And it's so funny how, like, bedtime is like a nightmare like getting these kids, oh, but totally. even even at totally. the age, even at the ages that mine are, you know, like now they just like want to stay up on their own. But then they're like, I want you to lay with me and I want you to talk with me. And then you get teens and they want to talk at 10, 11 o'clock at night. And you're like, I just, just want to go, go to bed. bed. I just want <laughs> to mommy in. I need you to oh tuck mommy in. Oh my gosh, they do on the weekends. Oh my dad's God, on I love duty that. When they stay up and they have friends over, I was like, dad's on duty. Mom goes to bed because I get up early. So 
But it is you go through these like cycles of just like I yeah. want sleep and 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 all of it. But it is once they're once they're sleeping and, and the house is quiet or you get up in the morning and they're all still sleeping. I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at they're so peaceful. They're so mm-hmm. sweet. And oh, then yeah. you wait 10 minutes, then they wake up and you're like, oh, yeah. The, and, yeah. It, it, I think the other thing, too, is, is one thing that, you know, the I guess being older, too. Like you get used to your life a certain way. Oh, yeah. And so I think it's even more of an adjustment being an older parent because like I'm just going, I remember being in my 20s and working with teenagers because I did. I worked with tw- teenagers for 12 years that were like one foot out of juvenile detention. Like I worked with in a boarding school with girls, teenage girls who had behavioral issues. And I remember God being... God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in my 20s and I lived in the hallway with them because I was single and, you know, all of that. And so... I remember the noise and the all the things, and it didn't bother me then. I yeah. just tuned it out. Now I can't, un, I cannot stand. Like I have these moments where I'm like sensory overload, and I cannot stand it. And I'm just going, this did not bother me when I was in my twenties. Yeah, yeah. Like, now I'm just like I crave silence. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> and it's really just you know because they're just whining or whatever. I cannot stand whining. I'm like use words. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do it because I, I can't understand them. I'm like, I cannot help you if you don't talk clearly. <laughs> and so, it, like those things are the parts. I bet where the same I'm thing. Like, I mean, I bet too. Getting married at 35 was oh yeah, it was a total adjustment. Difference. I mean, I know it because again, being an only child, I've never had to share. Yeah, you get <laughs> into a certain, and then you get in, and I moved out when. Two weeks after high school and I lived on my own. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I had my own life. Yep. And then you, I tried to do that when I was married at 21 and that did not go well. Did not go well. No. Yeah. But not to this day. Like I love, I love Andrew. I would take a bullet for Andrew. And, but I still like to be alone. Yeah. I really enjoy my alone time. <laughs> like, I think Joe and I are unique in the sense because like, yeah, they're, they're, Good things and bad things because of that independence is that we're not really good at communicating with each other. We just do whatever we do. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. That's, yeah. But the <laughs> caveat is, too, is we're both ADHD. So, like, and actually people who are neurodivergent, both of them neurodivergent, have better, what do I want to say, success rate for marriage together than one who's neurodivergent and one who's not. There's a higher divorce rate between people who are, aren't both oh, neurodivergent. That is interesting. And I yeah. is is she not on on point with all her statistics of I like know, studies? Right? I'm like it. I am I one of like, those people. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Um, but because I'm I, like resources will be in the show notes. I'm writing down things. <laughs> I'm like this is where she gets it. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. No, that's great. That, well, and that's the other thing too is I've lived so much life. I've read so much stuff. I've had to research so many things. I've had to you know like do so much stuff. That's why I always feel like a know it all when I'm in a room with twenty mm-hmm. something mothers. And I'm like, well, actually, that doesn't look like this because this, and they're like, how do you know this? Why do you know this? And I'm like, yeah. it's called Google. Okay. I Google everything. I just yeah, do. Yeah, right. I, I mean, but as mothers, don't we though? Like yeah. you're up at no, the middle of the night. No, let's be honest. Be on, let's be honest. Like some of these young moms were like, no, no, no. It was called a, lab- a library catalog. Yes. Card catalog. Yes. Um, Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's called a library. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't have Google. And, but I mean, Not of, again, yes. like I said, I'm with, we with the neurodivergence. I, it's like, I've literally been reading everything on that wall since I've been here because I cannot not read words when they're in front of me. And so I take information on billboards, on everything, and it's filed in here. So I'm a wealth of useless information. 
I love it. That's like a purdy trick. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it totally right. is. My husband will turn it because he doesn't do that. That is not his neurodivergence. His is statistics with sports. Yeah. He can tell you anything okay. about statistically from years ago. That's awesome. And, but he doesn't do that with anything else. So he likes to pull out my party trick when we're around other people. He's mm-hmm. like, you know something about that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of odd. And you're like, yes, yes, I actually do. So yes, he so. actually has a T-shirt that says, um, I don't need Google. My wife knows it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. So we found that in Florida when we were on our our uh, pre-baby. We went on vacation before Nina was born. Baby moon. Yeah, yes. baby moon. Yes. But yeah, so it's it's that, you know, it looks different. It's, I think there's times, what I really like is the stigma of older moms to kind of go away. But at the same time, like everybody needs to, not everybody, it's just be conscious of older mothers and realizing that like, yeah, so they they had the time to have their careers and they did all of these things and they took the time. But some of them didn't really choose to do that. It right. was what was handed to them with infertility or, yeah. you know, whatever circumstances. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. or finding a spouse later yeah. in life. I mean, exactly. like that's, it's all God's timing. Exactly. I mean, that's what, you know, we forget that the waiting is still God's timing. Yep. And I love the fact that, like... And there's a lot of self-talk, too, where I, when I do know that I'm walking into a situation where I know probably will be the oldest person in the room now, I basically kind of talk myself down from the ledge and just go, you know what? More than likely, every one of these women, especially if they're like in their late 30s, early 40s or whatever, most of them are having high schoolers graduate. You know, I just remind myself that, yeah, they might be in their 30s, in their early 40s or whatever but you have something that you can learn from them because they've been through what you haven't yet. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's an exchange of information. Oh yeah. I can help them in their world of business and you know like in the world of understanding compliance and all of these things that I've lived through in my business life, you know. Yeah. If they're starting a business or whatever, but I also have a good network of women that I can go back to and say, "Is this normal?" Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Talk me from down from the ledge on this one because I don't know if I'm doing this right, you know, yeah. sort of a deal. And so I think there's something to be played out hand in hand with young moms versus older moms is that we've got something to give to each other. And I think we have a lot in common at the same time, too. Yeah. Like, we just want to see our kids healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. And right. And love God. Yeah. And that's kind of the goal. Yep. Absolutely. Well, on that note, we will wrap this up. We just thank you so much. Yeah. And I know we'll do a part three. Yeah, I don't even mind like a monthly guest. Hey, yeah, at that point, I mean, we've we've got a wealth of topics. I, I mean, know. let's she go for the thing. Unlikely housewife. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. exactly. <laughs> she is one of the one of ours. Yeah, she, we we claim her. So, well, with that, housewives, we hope that you have a wonder fabulous week. Wonder fabulous. That's a what? new word. I like. It. I like it. Wonder, wonder fabulous. fabulous. Have a wonderful. One whatever. One of fabulous week. week. Bring the joy. <laughs> Bring Love the it. joy. Take Love care. It. Bye. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow and living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook. Link in the show notes. And be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, free, and to be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.